Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is when you're tuning in. This is Perrin Desports, and I'm your host for the Group Practice Accelerator podcast from Polaris Healthcare Partners. If you're an entrepreneurial dentist or physician and you're interested in building a successful group practice, you've found your primary resource for some of the industry's best business education. My partner, DeWalker Sinha, and I have decades of experience helping people just like you launch, scale, and ultimately exit successful group practices. In short, we create clarity, confidence, and results. Welcome, everybody, to yet another episode of the Group Practice Accelerator Podcast. I am your host, Perrin Desports, and this is going to be an episode where we tackle the biggest problem in all of group practices. That's right. It's all about associates and the mindset you need to have as we turn into a new calendar year to expand your business. This is one that if you can solve it, your chances of building a successful group practice increase measurably. And if you can't, welcome to the life of a hamster on a wheel where we don't want to be unless you're drinking a cup of coffee while you're on that hamster wheel, and then maybe, okay, get your pad and pen ready. It'll be a note-taking episode. The Group Practice Accelerator podcast is on the air. Welcome, everybody, once again to the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. I am your host, Perrin Desports. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. And as I teased in the introduction, uh, this is an episode about the biggest problem of all all of group practices. It doesn't matter if you're two locations or 1,200 locations. Attracting, motivating, and retaining associates is the number one problem to solve. If you cannot solve it, you are going to create a mess and a lot of anxiety for yourself. You're going to be the biggest firefighter you've ever met. Uh, and if you can solve it, you'll create stability. You'll arguably create greater patient outcomes. Oh, by the way, you'll create better cash flow as well, and probably valuation around EBITDA multiples. So let's talk a little bit about the state that we're in um, currently. This is sort of a short-term uh, look to things, if you will, and it's driven uh, by a lot of the rise in uh, interest rates, four to 500 basis points over the last six to nine months. And uh, something that really has has started, now we're starting to see the economy really start to slow down a good bit. So when we're thinking about the businesses that we have and the businesses that we're building, what is the outlook on those businesses in the, the coming, you know, uh, several quarters to maybe two years or so? Um, I, I, I'm talking about this as if it were 2024, but you could probably extrapolate it out. Uh, much beyond that. And here the way that here's the way that I tend to think about these things. Well, for one, you know when when we talk about expanding our business, we're talking about expanding it in in physical form, locations, but also for us as founders and entrepreneurs, we're talking about expanding it beyond our, our relatively limited skill set or or our skill set limited by time, right? So we're building a business that is a self-managing business, as Dan Sullivan would would call it. It is a business that is 
not dependent upon you or me for uh, outright for its revenue generation. Uh, and this is going to be capable hands and qualified people uh, to create outcomes for patients uh, when we're not there. Um, and when done correctly, that is a self-regenerative business. It's a wonderful business to own, uh, and it can be incredibly valuable along the way as, as well. So when we think about the growth of the business, it is predominantly driven by associates. Yes, it's additional locations, but if you don't have associates to work in them, then it's just a vacant facility, right? So really, people tend to think about growth strategy first and foremost from a, a, a practice to buy or a location to build. I think about growth strategy from a capability standpoint of the clinicians that are going to be manning that ship for you assuming you're not going to be working in it yourself. So you can make a good case that if you do a good job with consist consistently recruiting, you can build businesses around those capable skill sets um, at, at a, sometimes at a faster rate than you could even find them. So the first problem that gets people um, uh, into trouble when it comes to associates is that they only recruit from a reactive posture. And what I mean by that is you have an associate who tenders their resignation and they're gonna be transitioning out in the next 60 days or six days or six months or however long um, they're giving you. But now you have a problem on your hands and you have to backfill behind them. Usually whatever their notice is, is not nearly enough for you to get a capable replacement hired and onboarded um, to take their place. There's a gap in the middle, okay? And, and how big that gap is can be well, quite substantial and it can create chaos and turmoil for a growing business. So if you are uh, recruiting only after you have built a new location, or if you're recruiting only after you have acquired a new practice, or if you're recruiting only after someone has tendered their resignation, you are doing it wrong. You are doing it wrong. What you have to do when you're building a growing business is proactively recruit for positions you don't have. Let me say that again. You need to proactively recruit for positions you don't have and demand that doesn't even exist yet. Why is that? Why do the best businesses constantly recruit? Well, the reason for that is they are able to forecast two things. They're able to forecast employee turnover, in this case, associate turnover, and they're able to forecast and be intentional about business growth and expansion. That is a dramatically different outlook and a completely different skill set than, than the way many of you approach the challenge at hand when somebody tenders their resignation. You should plan for some amount of turnover in your workforce. And in today's episode, we're talking about associates, but this holds true for the vast majority of the different positions that you have. And so when, when you are proactively recruiting, 
and you are talking to people, not just those who are looking for a job because they don't have a job right now, but you're talking to people who are gainfully employed. They're, they're, they don't have their resume on Indeed or with a recruiter. They may be working uh, in another practice in your area, and they may be happy or happy-ish in the role that they have. You never know when somebody becomes unfulfilled. And sometimes people are happy because of the absence of alternatives. Put another way, they're happy doing what they're doing, but they don't know any better. Is yours a better business to work for? Is yours a growing group practice with more opportunities to do uh, more, uh, to learn more advanced clinical skills and to become a master at their craft and to do more complicated treatment? Oh, by the way, to earn more money? in doing it? And and could they actually become a partner in your business and a part owner, a a minority owner in your business at some level? Well, if you're not there to tell that story, how do they know about it? If you're trying to build a successful group practice and you want to build it around the brightest minds, the best clinical skill set, the best... um, uh, attitude, you know, the the best uh, disposition around um, patient interactions. You're looking for the best and the brightest. And I'll agree with you that they don't grow on trees, but it's a constant recruiting process that uncovers many of them who aren't currently looking for a job. So that's the second fallacy that many people operate by, which is that they only recruit The first one is that they only recruit when they have a need, meaning somebody resigns or quits on you. And then the second thing is the people they're recruiting and the people they're interviewing are the people who don't have jobs currently. And that may be, there may be a legitimate reason for that. They may be newly moving to your area or their spouse got transferred or something like that, or, um, you know, they, uh, an enterprise level DSO bought the practice they they worked for, and the the senior dentist uh, retired, and and now they don't like some of the changes that are going on. I mean, there there are a ton of legitimate reasons for people looking for for jobs and not having a job currently. But I would tell you that if you're only looking at those who are looking for you, you're just scratching the surface of the market because there are a lot of associates out there that are not owners of their practice they work in. They don't have the opportunity to become an owner or a partner at any level. And while they may be content, they're not fulfilled. If you can create that level of opportunity and fulfillment, then maybe they're going to leave their current uh, role as an associate for a competitor and come to work for you for greener pastures, for greater upside, for the things that they can't get where they are right now. You owe it to yourself to try to unlock a different segment of the market as it relates to recruiting associates. And if you don't, you're playing in a limited playing field. And I could make at least an academic argument that you're, that you're, the playing field you're playing in isn't completely seated with the best and the brightest. All right. So this is a different mindset around forecasting business growth, forecasting some level of turnover, forecasting future needs and being more proactive with all of it. And I'm here to tell you 
from personal experience, having done this with enterprise businesses in my prior career, it takes time, a lot of time. There's no immediate ROI on this. It is a process. It can be drudgery. You are not going to like it and you're not going to be good at it the first time you go about it. And that's why many of you are going to quit. You're going to re- you're going to regress to the mean. You're going to stay in your comfort zone. You're going to do what you've always done and get what you've always gotten. And that is not the way enterprise level DSOs and prof- and professionally led regional groups go about this. They're playing a different game than many of you in the audience. And if there's one thing I could impress upon you as it relates to goal setting for 2024, and I know a lot of you are going to go through that in the next, what, four to eight weeks or something. And some of you are coming to, already coming to, to spend a day with me in Charlotte on some of these types of strategic planning sessions. But I inevitably end up talking with almost every client that I host about the necessity to attract, motivate, entertain associates. And we tend to dig pretty deep into those strategies. This has to be one of your top three priorities for 2024. It has to be one of your top three priorities because you know that your business is going to have ample growth opportunities. Look, if the economy goes sideways or starts to take a downturn and some of the unemployment rate is starting to tick up and we're seeing some layoffs happen outside of the world of dentistry, I mean, but you know, there's going to be there's going to be some level of impact felt in your world and ours through the macroeconomic pressures that are at hand. With that comes opportunity, because there are probably going to be people that are senior dentists that are they've been holding out for a while and now they're just they're tired and they're looking to transition out. They're looking to to exit. They're looking to sell their business. They're going to be an opportunity for you to acquire practices. There's also going to be the opportunity for you to continue to grow your current practices, organic growth. I mean, new, attracting new patients. I've talked with a number of you about marketing marketing initiatives for 2024 and how to think about some of those things, not just in a de novo context, but in a in an organic growth context. And many of you are, are sharpening the saw as it relates to doing that and taking a second pass at your at your marketing. You're going to need productive hands to fill that. And if you are forecasting your business growth and and being accurate about it, you're going to need capable hands to do it. Oh, by the way, there are about six new dental schools that have come online in the last five to 10 years. And the ADA itself is forecasting about a 10% growth in the number of uh, uh, dentists in the workforce over about the next 10 years. Put another way, you're going to have the opportunity to hire a bunch of them if you're ready for it. So this is not a scenario of hiring based on need. This is a scenario of forecasting our business growth, being proactive about generating that growth and having the capable hands to fill the need. And if you can do that, you're going to start to build a world beater business and you're going to take advantage of a lot of economic uncertainty that causes your peers and some of your competitors to stall in their growth outlook, just to hunker down, to try to weather the storm. There is some merit to that, but business growth happens and a lot of quality business growth happens in down cycles. 
And this is something that as you turn into 2024, you want to be eyes wide open about. So when we think about associates and solving this huge problem, you're going to have to transition from a reactive to a proactive mindset. You're going to have to transition from only interviewing people who need a job to talking with people and networking with them when they currently have a job and they don't need one right now. You're also going to have to to get clear about the merits of working for you. Be shameless in your promotion. What do you do well? What what's the CE that you fund or that the associate funds part of? What is the the level of clinical development? Um, that you expect out of your associates and the production that comes out of it, of course, and not to mention the income. What is the professionalism and the the tenure of your support team around that associate? Do you ever think about the the uh, the hygienists, the assistants, the treatment coordinators, the office manager, all of that kind of years of experience that are brought to bear to make that associate as productive and successful as he or she can possibly be. You're surrounded by an A-team. That's great to be able to promote. Be shameless about it. I would also tell you that we work with many of you around associate equity and ownership solutions, be it buy-in or earn-in or a hybrid of, of each of those. And there's a different right tool in the toolbox for what you're trying to solve for but having that tool in your toolbox and being able to promote it to somebody who does not have an ownership opportunity where they are right now, it absolutely moves the needle. There's no doubt about it. So thinking through what that entire package looks like from a, a, a level of differentiation, your business versus the business they're in right now, or a, a would-be competitor that might be also recruiting them at the same time that you are is is absolutely important the solving the associate question is is just a big nut to crack and it never ends okay it never ends whether you continue to add more locations or you stand pat with however many locations you currently have but you should always be recruiting because the moment you need someone to fill an opening is not the time to start the process. This is a discipline. Like I said a, a few minutes ago, it's hard. It's never ending. It's drudgery. You're not going to be good at it when you start it because you've never done it before. And this is a shift of mindset and the way you approach this type of uh, um, uh, endeavor within your business. I learned early in my Patterson days that whether I wanted it to or not, it needed to be one of my top three priorities in every branch that I every branch that I ran. I would tell you the same thing. It is in your top three priorities, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, whether you think you're at full employment or not, whether you think that there's no potential for growth or not. You should always be recruiting. And when it comes to associates, there's no more valuable recruit to focus on. I hope this is helpful as many of you turn into the end of the calendar year. These are things that we talk about, certainly in our associate equity models in our consulting program, talk about them a lot in our discovery days and, and even in the Catalyst program as well. If you're interested in booking a discovery day with me or DeWalker or Mark or any of our advisors, 
feel free to reach out about that. This is a good time of the year to be considering it because many of you do your kind of strategic planning around this time anyway. Um, so I would tell you that, um, uh, you know, we have availability to accommodate you and we can do discovery days on most any day of the week other than weekends. Um, so love to, to spend a day with you. And for those that have inquired about the, the Catalyst program, the Catalyst project that we uh, did about two months ago or so, um, there is another one coming. You'll probably get more information or, about that uh, around the first part of December, um, I think. Um, but we are putting the finishing touches on dates uh, and everything like that with it. So um, for those uh, who, are, who are interested, um, there is going to be uh, another program. It'll be after the first of the year, uh, and you'll get some information around that probably first part of December or so. So I hope that you found this to be helpful. This is a, a, a big um a big, it's the biggest challenge in all of group practices. Uh, and we've seen varying degrees of success and to a degree, some levels of failure as well, uh, which is natural. But I think a lot of it uh, begins with the way you approach uh, the scenario in and of itself. Um, and then there are a lot of things that fall from that. So I hope I've given you th some things to think about, um, certainly as it relates to turning into a new calendar year. If you've got any questions around um, the uh, conundrum that is attracting, motivating, and retaining associates, feel free to reach out to me or Mark Flock, who handles a lot of our uh, partnership pathways and associate equity solutions, um, and, and certainly be happy to uh, take it on a one-off or schedule a call with you to follow through on it. Thanks so much for being a listener and a subscriber. We'll see you on the next episode.